thank you that your words are not words of condemnation, but they are just words of loving conviction. And so we just receive all that you have for us today. We love you. We praise you. You are so good and worthy and awesome. Thank you. We thank you for what you're going to do with us in the remainder of this service. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, good morning, Grace. Thank you for that time, team, and Leah. We can hesitate to lift those things up in prayer, can't we? A lot of us have been spending some time praying for Afghanistan this week. I've been spending some time. I wouldn't say a lot of time. Because sometimes I hesitate to lift it up because it feels so small, right? feels so little. It feels like what difference does it make? And yet, our God hears and answers prayers. That's right. Hears and answers prayers. Listen to me. Even if we never see those answers. Even if we never see how he answers them, he answers them. That's true across the world. That's true in our own lives. We need to constantly remind ourselves of that, 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 that God is one who hears and responds to our prayers. And so let's continue lifting that up. Uh, it's an honor to be with you this morning as we get into God's word because he has, he has work to do. He's here to hear us as well and to speak to us through his word. I hope he's spoken to you through, even as we've lit, lifted praise and, and, and prayer and, and scripture up to him already, I hope he's spoken to you, but he has that work to continue in us. Before we do that, I just want to point to a few opportunities coming up uh, around the family of grace here. Uh, one is this, that uh, the, the week after Labor Day, Sunday, uh, September 12th, I believe it is, we're going to regather Grace Kids at 11 o'clock service. So, yep, you can applaud for that. We've been uh, having Grace Kids at 9 o'clock service, having dozens and, and, and sometimes 70, 80, 90 kids per, per week that are being ministered to and loved on, and we, we want to see that increase because we know there's maybe some of you watching at home right now that are waiting until Grace Kids come back, comes back at the 11. There's, there's some other families that ha- have kids that need ministered to. And we have the opportunity to do that. So, so Sunday uh, after Labor Day, that'll be back. You can register online then for both the 9 and the 11 o'clock service for your kids. And this is an opportunity for us, folks. You know, this is coming, but it's coming every time. Like, those kids across the hall, you say they're not my kids. Well, a, a few of them are my kids, but <laughs> they're not my kids. They're not all my kids, but they all are our kids. See, when you walk into the family of God, we get a really big family, praise God. And, and so there's, even if you don't have any sons or daughters, you have a lot of sons and daughters if you're part of the family of God. And, and so this is, this is family to care for. And, and to make grace kids sustainable, ongoing, we need family to step up and say, I'm going to love on these kids. And I'm going to create opportunities for more and more of their parents to just come in here and just receive the word and worship God. So I, I just want to encourage you, after service today, walk over to the Grace Kids desk and, and sign up and say, yeah, I'm, I'm in. I'll do that. 
So, so that's coming up Sunday, September 12th, and of course you can sign up today to begin to engage in that ministry, and they'll get you started with that process. Also coming up next Sunday is our house church kickoff party. This is for anyone involved in the house churches in a house church already, or those who are interested in the house churches, come join us. It's at Hametown Park from 1 to 4. There will be food, there will be some games, time to fellowship together, and, and get connected together. Um, we need to regather as God's people. And one of the ways we do that, one of the ways you find community here, because all your needs for community can't be met this morning, right here in this big group. One of the ways they can be met is through a house church. So I encourage you to stop by um, that next Sunday. You can register online at the email on your screen or it'll be online and on uh, social media as well. And uh, one last thing, I know a lot of you have been asking, where's Pastor Jeff? When's, it, when's he gonna enter back in? Well, let me tell you, there's, Sometimes it can be hard to see. There's a lot more that happens here at Grace than just the hour or two on Sunday morning that you experience, okay? There's a ton more that happens. And so Pastor Jeff has been back, praise God, right? He's, in, he's entered in, in, in meetings. We've been listening together. God has done a, amazing work in him and in Grace Fellowship Church over the last six months that he was on sabbatical. And we've been reconnecting and seeing how those train tracks come back together and converge. And uh, so uh, I, I know what you're asking though, when, he's gonna, when he's, he gonna be, when are we gonna see him? When, are we, when he's gonna be back to bring a message on a Sunday next week, he's gonna be bringing us the message. So we can look forward to that. Um, and he will be just delivering an update of all that God has worked in him and the sabbatical, and also bringing the message for us. So uh, that is next week. This morning, uh, you don't get him, you get me. And <laughs> Okay, well, hey, thank you. No, I wasn't a, yeah, praise God, right? I, was, I wasn't fishing for something, but yeah. All right, let's just move on. Um, we're going to be continuing in Gospel of John, uh, chapter 13 we're starting into. And if you've been with us the last few weeks, uh, you, we've mentioned a lot of times we're, we're kind of hitting a transition point in John. Um, and, and so we'll talk about that in, in just a minute because this is a significant passage of Scripture that starts what's going to come for Jesus and the disciples for the entire rest of the gospel. Let me just pray more, one more time before we uh, dive into God's word together. Lord God, we thank you for your presence with us. And th we thank you for your continued work on our behalf. God, every good thing that we've experienced this week is a gift from you. That includes this moment to just quiet our hearts before you. Thank you, God, for this moment. Thank you for all your good gifts. We thank you that you are at work among your people across the world and right here. And God, we, we just come to you as your people seeking you and just inviting you to continue your work in us. So we ask for your word to do a work in us this morning. As we listen together, may you do a work in us that changes us and that makes us look more like you, Jesus. So that as we've come to know you, and come to love you more, that others might come to know you and love you more. We invite your work in us, Jesus, in your name. Amen. Amen. So we're picking it up in John chapter 13, starting in verse 1. 
Um, the past few weeks, what's been, what we've talked about is how we've come to the end of this section of John, where what's, what some people call the book of signs. And it's what John lays out as Jesus' public ministry, where he performs signs and he does teachings before the public. And, and we, we kind of capped off that section in really appropriate ways. Phil brought us a message uh, centered around the humanity of Jesus Christ, that he was 100% fully human and all that that means to us. And then last week we heard from Pastor Mark about he was also 100% fully God and all that that means to us. Very fitting way to end uh, these passages on Jesus' public ministry. Now we're entering into the book of glory what some people call that, which is Jesus' last final day or two as he heads to the cross and all that comes after. Because John looks at the cross not as defeat, but as victory. John looks at the cross not as shame, but as a crowning. John looks at the cross as Jesus' glory and greatest victory, and so should we. So we enter this significant portion, the book of the glory, and this is the way John starts. He says, this, uh, starting in verse 1. Now, before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart out of this world to the Father. So listen to this. You ever ask this question of other people like, what would you do if this was your last day on earth? If this was your last day alive, what would you do? John says Jesus knows <laughs> it's his last day. What's he going to do? He knows a few other things, though, too. Listen. During supper, oh, let's see, uh, I can't skip these verses. He knew that his hour had come to depart out of this world to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. During supper, when the devil had already put it into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus, here's what else he knows. Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hand and that he had come from God, and was going back to God. Man, how many, how many messages, motivational speeches, even messages in church have we heard that, man, if we just knew the authority that God has given us, right? If we just knew where we came from, if we just knew where we were going, what would God accomplish through us? What incredible work would he do in our lives? What could we accomplish if we knew all that? Jesus comes and he knows the authority that God has given him. He knows his origin. He knows where he came from. He knows his destiny. He knows where he's going. What's he going to do? He rose from supper, laid aside his outer garments, and taking a towel, tied it around his waist. Then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel that was wrapped around him. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, do you wash my feet? Jesus answered him, what, what I am doing you don't understand now, but afterward you'll understand. Peter said to him, you shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, if, you, if I don't wash your feet, you have no share with me. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, do not wash my feet, but also my hands and my head. Jesus said to him, the one who is bathed does not need to wash except for his feet, but is completely clean. And you are clean, but not every one of you. For he knew who was to betray him. That was why he said, not all of you are clean. When he had washed their feet, he put on his outer garments and resumed his place. And he said to them, do you understand what I've done for you? You call me teacher and Lord. And you're right, for so I am. 
If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you also should do just as I have done to you. Truly, truly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. I am not speaking of all of you. I know whom I've chosen, but the scripture will be fulfilled. He who ate my bread has lifted his heel against me. Again, he's talking about Judas. I am telling you this now before it takes place, that when it does take place, you may believe that I am. You may believe I'm he. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever receives the one I send receives me. Whoever receives me receives the one who sent me. May the Lord bless the reading of his word. So if you're a a note taker and you want to know the outline for today's message, it's this. Verse 14, two things. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, that's point one. You also ought to wash one another's feet, point two. Pretty simple. And, and here's the thing, though. We know what's coming. If you've, you're probably familiar with this passage, maybe you've heard it preached on before in church, if you've been in church at all, and, and you know what's coming. It's a message about humble service. We need to get humble. We need to serve. So you know that's coming. But here's the thing. Sometimes we skip right to that and we miss what happened first. Jesus washed their feet. And, and before we serve humbly, here's what has, has to happen. Jesus has to wash our feet. And we can look at this and say, Jesus says he does it, did it as an example. But I think if, he, if we just put it to that, Jesus was just giving them an object lesson. I, I think we miss something critical. Because listen, their feet needed washed. Here, here's something we got to understand about foot washing. It doesn't, uh, we don't understand it the way they did because of three things. Here's what they understood about washing feet. It was necessary. They, they, walked around, they were in a dry, dusty atmosphere of the Middle East, walking around. They didn't have good shoes like they do, we do. They had sandals walking around all the time, and they were walking every day in sandals through dry, dusty, when it rained, muddy places, fields and city streets and marketplaces and their front yards everywhere they go. Their feet get dirty. And so it's needed. If they're going to stay clean for hygiene, it's needed. They grow calluses sure on their feet. If they, if they walk by bro- broken pottery, maybe it scratches them. They get bloody feet, but that heals and hardens. But, but just for pure hygiene, it's necessary to keep their feet clean. So you know what else was true was that it was ordinary every day. Washing feet was just, it's not an everyday thing for us anymore. I mean, you get in the shower and wash your feet. But like, what Jesus is doing here is not every day. The way it was for them. Everywhere they would go, there would just be water to wash your feet. You come in, you go out, you wash your feet. You get ready and go to synagogue. You put on your Sabbath best and you wash your feet. You, you go into somebody's house and if they want to show you hospitality, they have some water for you to wash your feet. If they're really rich, they might have a servant to wash your feet. But here's the other thing. It, it was lowly because it's nasty. Their feet were getting nasty. Y'all been around kids that love to run around with barefoot, you know, and you get, they're all tired, exhausted, and you're just like, I can't wait to get them to bed. And you get them to bed, and they're just about to climb in, and you're like, whoa, look at your feet. Let's go wash those things. It was like that times 10. Every day. It was lowly, nasty work. And so you know what? Even 
if people had slaves, a Jewish slave, a Jewish servant was exempt from washing feet. It was that nasty. Only a Gentile servant was made to wash feet. It was that low. And this is what foot washing meant to them. Which is why it was such a surprise when Jesus, it would have been such a surprise when Jesus rose from the table and he poured water into a basin. And then he goes around one by one and he begins to wash their feet. He goes to John. He goes to Nathaniel. He goes to Simon. He goes to Judas who is going to betray him and he takes their feet in his hands and he rubs off the grime and the muck and the dirt and the nasty stuff and the blood and everything. He just washes it off. And you know, I, we don't know how they reacted to this. We don't know how, maybe they were confused, maybe they were uncomfortable. Maybe they didn't understand probably all of those things, but we know how Peter reacted because scripture tells us how he reacted. It, everybody else might have stayed silent and then it got to Peter and what does Peter do? You shall never wash my feet. You're never gonna wash my feet. He says, Jesus, do you know where my feet have been today? <laughs> Like, I, I got up, and I went down by the lakeshore and walked through some mud. I was talking to some fishermen, and there were, there were fish guts around in the marketplace, and I was walking through, and then I went to buy the Passover lamb for us for a little later. And, and, and when I was in the sheep pen, there was just, I, I accidentally stepped in some, well, you know, it was just all over. You're never going to wash my feet. That's too much, Lord. I'll, I'll, I'll take care of this. And then Jesus makes this astounding statement. He says, if I do not wash you, you have no share with me. Really? Like, are the stakes that high? Maybe Peter just doesn't like people touching his feet. What's the big deal? But, but here's the thing. I love Peter's response. He's, he says, uh, <laughs> Peter said to him, Lord, do not, not my feet only, but also my head and my hands. Peter has no idea what's going on. Peter, Peter has no idea what Jesus is talking about. He just says, okay, if we're going here, I'm all in. <laughs> I, I don't know, I don't understand, but I'm all in. Do, shouldn't we be more, more like Peter? Jesus, I don't understand all you're doing. I don't understand everything about this, but I'm all in. Whatever, whatever you do, I'm all in. And, and that's what Peter says, I, I'm all in, do it all. And Jesus said to him, the one who is bathed does not need to wash except for his feet, but is completely clean. Here's the thing. They were, they were getting ready for Passover, and he's right. They, they've all already bathed. They're getting ready for Passover, and you know what you do before a holy Jewish holiday? You wash. So, so they may not have washed every day. They probably didn't take baths every day. They were kind of like some of those celebrity kids right now that only bathe once in a while. That was probably them. But today was a holy day. Today was a feast coming. Today they all would have taken a bath and washed. And he says, you all washed. You bathed. You're clean except for your feet. You're completely clean. And he says this, and, and you are clean, but not every one of you. I read that and I'm like, this is a line I got to use on my kids sometimes. Because I got three kids and I got one who faithfully takes a shower every single day. Will not miss it. And then the other two, they I've got some celebrity kids, I guess. They're, they're like not watching. I, I gotta push them, gotta encourage them. Gotta turn to them once in a while and say, you are clean, but not every one of you. <laughs> I feel like we should use the words of Jesus more often to parent. You know, like when um, my kids are, at, like an hour after they eat, you have kids come and ask you for a snack for the third time. You're like, no, no, the third time you just ate. For you, any time is right. 
but for me, the time has not yet come. <laughs> there's, a, there's a book there somewhere. Just preaching the gospel to my kids, that's all I'm doing. But this isn't what Jesus means. He says, you're clean, but not every one of you. And then John tells us he's talking about more than a bath. Just like Jesus has talked about water and he takes something physical and he applies a spiritual truth to it. And he's talked about water and food and all sort, light and all sorts of things like that through John. He does it here with washing. He says, uh, and John tells us what he means, for he knew who was to betray him. That was why he said, not all of you are clean. Not all of you are clean. See, the difference that Jesus is talking about between dirty and clean is the difference between Judas and all the rest of the disciples. So what made Judas dirty? He didn't believe. He didn't believe Jesus was who he said he was. Jesus was just some guy, just some teacher. He was an out-of-the-box thinker, like some of the things he said at first, but to Judas, now he's going off the deep end. He was a gig. He was an opportunity to take advantage of for now, but when... When it gets inconvenient or uncomfortable or I'm not getting what I want, well, maybe I should try something else. See, to Judas, Jesus was just some teacher. And if he wasn't working out, well, I might as well do what's to my advantage. And to Judas, betraying Jesus was an option. That's what made Judas uh, dirty. What made the disciples clean? They believed. They believed that Jesus was who he said he was. They believed he was the Lamb of God come to take away the sin of the world. They believed that he was, I am, the bread of life, the resurrection, and the life. And, and when they looked around, they, yeah, they didn't understand all the time. Yeah, they were confused. Yeah, they had mixed motives. But they said there's no other option but Jesus. You have the words of life. Where else are we going to go? And so this is what Jesus said is about them. The 11 of them, because they believe this, do you know what he says? They're completely clean. What about the feet? We'll get to the feet. But hear this first. Completely clean. Do you know Jesus Christ today? Do you know who he is, that he is the Son of God, come down in the flesh to chase after you in your sin? And, and, and the debt that you owed to God because of your rebellion against him, Jesus paid it all. And the blood of Jesus Christ washes away all of your sin. All of it. See, I, we, I know you've heard this before. We've got to hear it again. Because you know what I remember clear, crystal clear is my mistakes. I remember crystal clear my rebellion, my mistakes, my sin. You ask me, hey, tell me about some successes from a few years back. Let me think a little while. Tell me about some failures. Oh, I can tell you about 30 of them right now. I can tell you when I let God down. I can tell you when I walked away from the life that he offered me. I can tell you every single mistake so clearly and, and some of us when we get a vision for who God is just like Mark talked about last week he talked about Isaiah getting a vision of who God is and he says woe is me I'm a man of unclean lips I'm before a people of unclean lips and God sends the cold to cleanse him and some of us when we get awakened to this again of who God is we remember all our past mistakes and rebellion listen you need to hear this too you're completely clean in Jesus Christ. Completely forgiven in Jesus Christ. His blood washes away all 
your sin. Listen to this. This is what John says in another place. The blood of Jesus Christ purifies us from every sin. And this is how Paul put another place. I love how he says this. Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy cleansing her by the washing with water through the word and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. Are you in Jesus Christ this morning? You're blameless, completely clean, no shame. Do you hear it this morning? So what about the feet? What about the feet? How do you like my feet today, huh? Got some white shoes. I've never had a pair of white shoes before. My brother-in-law a couple weeks ago gave me a pair of white shoes. <laughs> uh, they're pretty neat. I've never owned a pair like this. I walked through a dark room, they were practically glowing. <laughs> I got friends complimenting me on my shoes. One friend said, man, those are some white shoes. Those are so white, I want to come over and step on them. <laughs> but man, you walk around with white shoes after a few weeks, you know, all of a sudden, they're not so white anymore. You're like, what, what did I step in? Where the heck was I walking that I picked that up? And, and they're still white shoes. They, do, they just need some touch up here. And li listen, the same thing happens to us for, as we walk in Jesus Christ. We are completely clean. He died for all of our sin, past, present, and future. And yet, when we get walking, we pick up some stuff without even knowing it. Just walking around our lives and the world and the mess that we go through and relationships and the darkness outside of our world and listening to the news, we pick up stuff and it's like, where, I, I didn't even know I was carrying that around with me. Where is that? And, and that's why Jesus would come to us just like he came to the disciples and say, let me wash your feet. Let me wash your feet. See, some of you this morning, if that idea of being completely clean touched you at all, impacted you at all, maybe you've walked around and picked up this idea somewhere along the way that your worth, that your acceptance is defined by how you do, by what you do and how you perform. Is that a message that's going around in our culture a lot? That, that our worth, that our acceptance is based on how well we do. Maybe you've picked that up somewhere and Jesus would come to you and he would say this, let me wash your feet. I died for those sins. You don't need to carry the shame anymore. Though your sins were like scarlet, they should be white as snow. Let me wash your feet. There's a whole lot more than shame that we pick up though, isn't there? How do you need Jesus to wash your feet this morning? You know, we pick up other stuff. We pick up discontent, right? You ever have one of those good days and then you check Instagram? Man, you, you had a good deal on that uh, used Toyota and then somebody else got a, bought a brand new Tesla. Yeah, you, you considered it a win this week when you cleaned your apartment and somebody else purchased a brand new house. And, and we've bought into this lie, subtle or not, in, in subtle ways and in big ways that we're, we can only be okay. We can only be content if our life is as good as everybody else's and everybody else's looks great from the outside. And we get this just discontent that I gotta have the next thing and I'm, I'm gonna be okay when I get this next thing and we're discontent and Jesus says, listen, bring your feet to me. Let me wash your feet. 
do you remember I'm the shepherd? And in me you lack nothing? I lead you to green pastures and still waters, and I provide for every one of your needs, and you can lay down content. Let me wash your feet. Some of us pick up compromise. Anybody picked up compromise? We walk through this world, and we're supposed to be in the world, but not of it, and a lot of times we find we're of the world, but not in it. We just start chasing after everything that everybody else is chasing because it looks good and it feels good. And so let's, let's binge whatever we want to. Eat whatever we want. Binge all the shows. Like let's, let's just do life for us. Sleep around. Let's live together. Let's live together. Marriage isn't that big of a deal anymore, is it? There's so many ways that we just buy into these lies that it's all okay because, you know, Grace. Grace. Praise God for grace, right? And Jesus would say to us, listen, let me wash your feet. And the first thing he would say is, yes, grace, my blood covers it all. And your acceptance is not defined by what you're doing and what you're not doing right now. And let me wash your feet because I've got a bigger plan for you than this. I've got more in mind for you than you have for yourselves. Therefore, beloved, since we have all these promises, do you know that you, your body, your life is a temple of the living God? And since we have all these promises, Jesus wants to work out in us the full cleansing of holiness to his glory. Jesus says, let me wash your feet. Maybe it's fear and anxiety. Fear and anxiety is what it was for me. I didn't know it, but that's what I've been dealing with for a little while now. God sent some people in my life over the past few months, and they've been saying some things to me that, that have finally gotten through my thick skull. <laughs> and, and through my wife, through my kids, through my, some friends, people have said to me, you know, you, you don't seem very joyful right now. You've lost your joy. And, and sometimes that wouldn't be an okay to, thing to say to some people, but it, it was the right thing to say to me because I looked around and I said, yeah, man, I am missing joy. Do you know our life in Jesus Christ is supposed to be joyful? It's an abundant life that he called us to be joyful. And after weeks and weeks of this, I finally got humble and I finally did what I should have done at first and I took it to Jesus and I said, Jesus, why am I feeling this way? And he says, okay, let's wash your feet. And he started to let me know, like, you know why you're so serious? You're so serious because you're afraid if you're not serious, people won't take you seriously. You're afraid of what other people think. And he said, you know what? When things happen that you don't like, you realize you're not in control and you think you need to be in control. And it scares you because you forget that I'm in control. That's what Jesus says. And he says, let me wash your feet. You know, this heaviness, this fear, this anxiety, we don't admit to it all the time. But it can creep in with stuff in our personal life and with stuff in the world too. Afghanistan, Haiti, anybody? We see the news stories around us and just this darkness and hopelessness can creep in. And, and we can either give in to that, it's okay to feel that burden. We need to feel that burden and that compassion. But we can sometimes let it sink our souls to, to where we're just left hopeless or we, we just numb out on entertainment and don't even... Don't even worry about that. And Jesus would say, do you know what? You need to hear this. I am still in control. 
no matter what the world looks like, all things were made by me and for me and through me, and I still hold all things together. How do I know Jesus? How do I know? He's, he says, think about that one day. Do you know the day in history that looked the most like I was out of control, like God was out of control, was when I was in the tomb. When I was in the tomb and I was not out of control, God was not out of control, he took what looked like defeat and he turned it to overwhelming victory over sin and death and Satan and hell and he was always in control. Jesus says, let me wash your feet. How does Jesus need to wash your feet today? Let me go one more place. One more place because there's things that touch our own lives and things that are important things and sometimes we let, our, let them touch our lives so much that we lose perspective on what's important. And we're tired of this pandemic, aren't we? Man, we're so tired of this. Everybody, I don't care what you think about what issue, we're all tired of it. And then there's things that happen that impact our daily lives, like a, a school board decision a week or two back, right? It's impacting some of you. I don't know what you think about it. It's not important right now. It's impacting your lives, and you feel pretty strongly about that. And, and let me say this. What you, what you feel is, and, and what you think is important there, it's important. Let me, let me tell you something, though, that I remember Pastor Jeff saying. It's just not most important. So, so let me tell you something that you're not going to like it. <laughs> Personal freedom Personal individual freedom is such a gift, isn't it? It's so important. And this country, it's one of the blessings we've had on this country. And personal freedom and independence, the freedom to do what I want to do, that's important. It's just not most important. Do you know how I know that? Because you can lose your personal freedom and you can still have Jesus. There's billions who have gone through that before and they still held on to Jesus. Let me tell, tell you something else. Some others of you are not going to like. Physical health. Your health, others' health, it's important. It really is. So many of you are struggling with COVID or other things that have impacted your life physically and it's, it affects every area of your life. It is important. It's just not most important. You know how I know? Because you can lose your physical health and still have Jesus. Billions have done it before and more will do it too. It's just not most important. And sometimes, folks, we focus on these important things and we lose sight of what's most important. And are we willing to... Here's what Paul said about what was most important. He said, I've delivered to you as I received what was of first importance that Jesus Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures and that he was buried and raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures. And folks, that changes everything for all of us. That's the message everybody needs. To, I, I love what Pastor Mark said to me one time to get perspective on this. He said, there's a pandemic around our world. Do you know that it has a 100% mortality rate? It's called sin. Are we as passionate about that as we are about this one? 
and God offers the answers in Jesus Christ. His message of salvation, himself, our Savior. And do you know his plan for getting the word out? It's you and me. That we would walk looking like him. That we would shine like stars. That we would show this world how you can hold an opinion strongly, but do it with deep and profound humility and love. And maybe, maybe some of us just need to offer our feet to Jesus this morning and say, Jesus, wash my feet. And he says, he says, I know you're done with the pandemic. Everybody's done with the pandemic. But here's the thing. You don't get to decide when you're done. It just is. Here's, here's what you get to decide. When will you be done letting this divide you? Jesus, let's be done. Because <laughs> Jesus says, I came to break down the dividing wall not just between you and God, but between you and everybody else. I have broke down the wall of division between Jew and Gentile, slave and free, vaccinated and unvaccinated. I just added that last one. But listen, can we hold on to what's most important? Can we let Jesus remind us what's most important? So how do you need Jesus to wash your feet today? tell you something I've been doing the last week or two is once a day or sometimes more than once a day is sitting with Jesus and just saying, Jesus, can you wash my feet? What have I picked up that I didn't know I picked up? What lie have I been believing about you or about other people or about me that I need you to wash off? Where do I need the truth of your word to, to reach into how I'm treating others or how I'm treating myself? Jesus, wash my feet. Maybe you've already had a ton of time with Jesus today. I'm going to give you more time. Maybe some of you in your business, you haven't had any time this week. Just take this moment to say, Jesus, wash my feet. And the message isn't done. We've still got a few more minutes after this, but I want to offer this opportunity. Take this as a holy moment with Jesus Christ. And maybe it's for the first time to say, Jesus, I feel dirty. And I've been saying no to you my whole life, and I need to say yes to you now. Will you wash my feet? Let me pray, and let's just offer this moment to him. Lord God, I thank you for this moment. I thank you that you humbled yourself to wash your disciples' feet. And I thank you that as, as we realize, God, sometimes there's things we pick up in our lives and we don't even realize they're messing with us. We say, Jesus, you've taken care of the big mess. I'll, I'll just take care of this. And you say, no, I, let me wash your feet. Or we say, Jesus, yes, you're right, I'm dirty. Yes, I picked up some lies, so just wash the whole thing again. Wash all of me again. And Jesus, you come to us and you so lovingly say, stop getting general. You've already been washed. Bring me your feet. So Jesus, I just ask that you would examine us today. That each one of us in the quietness of our own hearts in this moment would just offer you our lives, ourselves, and just our feet. Lord, whatever we've picked up that is not of you, wash it clean. Wherever we have lost dependence on you, wash us clean. Wherever we've been distracted from what really matters, Wash us clean. 
we offer this moment to you, Lord. We offer ourselves to you.
Your grace is more, grace is found, is where you are, and where you are, Lord, I am free, holiness is Christ in me, where you are. Lord, I am free. Holiness is Christ in me. Lord, I need you. Oh, I need you. Every hour I need you. My one defense, my righteousness, oh God, how I need you. To you, when temptation comes my way. And I cannot stand or fall on you. Jesus, you're my hope and stay. Stand or fall on you. Jesus, you're my hope and stay. Lord, I need you. Oh, I need you. Every hour I need you. My one defense, my righteousness. Oh, God, how I need you. Lord, I need you. Oh, I need you. Every hour I need you. My one defense, my righteousness. Oh, God, how I need you. My one defense, my righteousness, oh God, how I need you. Jesus, we do need you. And I thank you that your cleansing, your washing is not just for our past. And it's not just down the road, it's for today. Forgive us for the times we walk through this thinking we've got this. You've got our eternity, Jesus, and we think we've got today. Jesus, we give you today. Continue this cleansing in us. Every day as we walk, Lord, remind us to come to you every hour 
you're available. You are strong and mighty on our behalf. And your love is bold and clear for us. We receive your love today. Amen. You can go ahead and have a seat just for a minute or two. So about that outline, I got one more point left. That was point one, huh? (laughs) Just a few minutes, because this isn't... You also ought to wash others' feet. We come to Jesus in mercy and grace, and like we heard about Isaiah last week, right? Isaiah comes, and he gets cleansed. God sends the coal, and he's cleansed, and he's ready. God says, who are we going to send? And Isaiah says, here am I, send me. And that's the response we can have when we recognize the cleansing that Jesus works day to day in our lives. All right, I'm ready, Lord. What momentous kingdom work is before me now? I can tell you how many messages I've listened to. What's your God-sized dream? To go into another country, to start a nonprofit. Years down the road, people will be delivered because of the work that God plants in you because it's bold and it's brave. It's mighty. And God does that. He does that. So I'm not diminishing any of those messages or any of that. He does that, and he might do that in you. And sometimes what we miss is that as we're chasing that God-sized dream, God's sizes sometimes work a little differently. Because we could be chasing that God-sized dream and, and, and then miss right in front of us the foot washings the good works that God prepared in advance to, uh, for us to do are not always huge things that impact thousands more often. Maybe most often, they're little things that impact one. How do we wash another's feet? Well, it's the same as us as it was for them. It's doing what's necessary. Doing what's ordinary. And it's doing what's lowly. That's why we have trouble doing it. So what are some ways we could do that this week? Well, here's a really crazy idea. Wash feet. <laughs> no, literally, wash feet. <laughs> I know, that's, uh, we're not going to do that here, <laughs> just to set you at ease. We're not going to do that right now in this moment. Jesus did it with his 12 best friends that he had been doing life with for years. I've been talking to people about this passage, and I've told, told people all week, yeah, I've never been, to, been in a church that does foot washings, never experienced that a whole lot, and I was forgetting that I, we do this in my own home. <laughs> you know why I forgot? Because it was ordinary. We have this tradition every, every Thursday, right before Good Friday, once a year, we gather with the kids, Rach and I, and we read some of what happened at the Last Supper, and we take communion together, but before we do that, you know what we do? We wash each other's feet. It's a little weird and uncomfortable, and there's laughter, but there's more. There's confession. Sometimes we just feel led to just start confessing to each other. I'm so sorry I hurt you in this way. And I I don't want to be like this towards you. I know Jesus calls us to better and he calls us to unity and I want to show that to you. And this past year was so beautiful, but you know what he, 
It wasn't confession, it was blessing. As we washed each other's feet, we just started speaking blessing over to each other and how precious it was to speak over my kids and they they speak over me. This is how I see Jesus in you. This is what I have seen him do in the last year. Guys, it's so ordinary, but it is so necessary. We sat there and we all wept because it was so needed because do you know how much we walk around and we pick up these messages that we're not worthy and we're not enough and we're not doing enough? All of us. And do you ever offer a word of encouragement to somebody? Just a simple word of encouragement and you see their eyes start to well up with tears because it's so necessary. Why don't we do it more often? That's what we're called to be. That's why Hebrews says, stir up one another to love and good works. And do not forsake meeting together, but encourage each other. And all the more as you see the day approaching. We're called again and again and again to encourage each other. It's ordinary. It's necessary. And it's so lowly because it takes us getting our eyes off ourselves and our eyes on somebody else to say, I see this in you. Can we do that? Can we wash people's feet with confession or with blessing and encouragement? Can we wash them with testimony? Because sometimes I just need to be reminded that God's still working. And then I hear somebody say, you know, this is what God did in my life this week. This week? You mean he's working this week? He's working this week. Thank you for that. He's working this week. And if he's working this week for you, maybe he's working this week for me. No, maybe about it. We can share testimony. We can meet a need. We can meet a need. It's so ordinary, we skip it. So some of you are just going to be called to meet a need. Your application is in a few minutes when you walk out this door and instead of heading to the door, you head over to the right towards the Grace Kids desk. (laughs) You know it's coming. But I'm serious. Like, listen, every church I've ever been a part of, like, this is an opportunity for you to bless kids, right? But every church I've ever been a part of, you know where we need more volunteers. Every single church is the kids' ministry. There's not enough people to run the kids' ministries. Every church I've been a part of, there's far more adults than kids. There's plenty of people. But nobody steps up. Why? Because it's necessary. Because it's ordinary. Because it's lowly. not going to win any awards doing that, but you just might touch the heart of a kid in the name of Jesus. That's why we meet needs in the Dream Center, meet needs all over the place. God has put it, you ever walk around and people seem so needy right in front of you? You're not supposed to meet everybody's needs. That'd be too much for one person. But do you know why God puts needy people in front of you? In your path so that you can meet their need. And that's how we wash feet. And it seems so little. It seems like not much. It seems like it's not enough. But what if, what if today, all of us gathered here in this service and next service and online, what if today, every one of us went out today and did one needed, ordinary, lowly thing? There'd be like 700 needed, ordinary, lowly things, maybe more, done in the name of Jesus Christ. Are you willing to do that? Because that's what he calls us to. And here's the thing. He, he talks about this. 
One other time, see, we say God-sized and we think huge. And sometimes God-sized, a lot of times God-sized is stuff we would pass right over. That's why Jesus tells a parable to some people at the end of time about obedience. And he tells them what sets apart the ones who obeyed and the ones who didn't. And it was such little ordinary things, but it was meeting a need. They gave a drink to those who were thirsty. They gave some food to somebody who was hungry, clothes to somebody who needed it. They welcomed a stranger. They saw somebody they didn't know and they welcomed them. That's it. They went to visit somebody who was sick or in prison. And it was so lowly, nobody noticed. They didn't even notice. Jesus tells them, this is what you've done. We did that. Like they didn't even notice. Only one noticed, Jesus. Jesus. We are called to be a people who go out and wash feet. And it's ordinary, and it's lowly, and it's necessary, and it's how God builds his kingdom. Let's pray. Lord God, I ask that we might be a people who wash others' feet. God, as we walk out in this world, we all of us pick up so much stuff that we just don't even know we're picking up. Lord, and, and you are the one who can wash us clean. Wash us with the truth of your word. Wash us so that we are radiant. And then, God, you turn and you use us. You offer to use us to encourage others, to serve others, to offer a drink to others. Lord, make us a people who are willing to just get low like you got low. Lord, I thank you for getting low for us. You are now seated on a throne in the heavenlies. Your work is finished. Your work of salvation is finished. I thank you that you continue your work of calling to others and that you invite us to work with you in that. Jesus, help us say yes. It's in your name we pray. Amen. People of grace, would you stand to your feet? As we dismiss today, if you need prayer, there's going to be some people up here in front who would love to wash your feet. Not literally, but would just love to offer a prayer to God on behalf of you. And if not, go in his peace and here's some things for next week. As you go throughout this week, continue to spend time with Jesus, inviting him to wash your feet. And look for those opportunities. They're gonna pass you by if you're not looking for them to just meet a simple need. Do something ordinary. Doing something lowly. Wash somebody's feet. And then read Continuing in John chapter 13 as you go out. Let us go out and be people that follow our Lord's example. Amen? Amen. Thanks for being together. Have a great week.